This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of Sportsnet today is underway. Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, outstanding production team in the other room. Hello, friends. Howdy, hey. Hello, hello, hello. Lots to get to on hour two. In case you missed anything in hour one, though, you can always find us wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Checking in with Peter Labardius following a Flames 5-4 loss to the New York Rangers. And our regular Tuesday chat with Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650. Checking in after a Canucks 5-4 overtime loss to the New Jersey Devils. And uh, a bit of NFL as we get closer to Super Bowl Sunday. The Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I want to kick off Hour 2, though. By hearing from head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson. He spoke to the media a little bit earlier today at McMahon. Lots to get to with the GM. The CFL free agent negotiation window is officially open. Insiders from around the league talking about offers to certain players. Maybe free agents and teams already coming to terms on deals. We've heard the Riders have been busy when it comes to a couple of former Montreal Alouettes. But of course, none of this can be made official until free agency officially opens up on February 14th. And uh, the GM and head coach, Dave Dickinson, with uh, an update for the media today ahead of that opening of free agency on the 14th. And lots of storylines still to go for the Calgary Stampeders. Some key free agents, including Jameer Thurman, Valerian Arumalade still not signed by the team. Does the organization feel the need to bring in a veteran quarterback to team with Tommy Stevens and Jake Mayer in the quarterback room? They have some interesting free agents of their own still to be signed. The head coach and GM with a uh, little bit of a longer media availability, but a good update on pretty much everything going on around the Calgary Stampeders as free agency inches closer. Our own Matt Rose was at McMahon Stadium and uh, brings you this uh, Dave Dickinson report from earlier today at McMahon Stadium. Dave, this is your, I guess, your first year going through free agency as general manager. What's the experience been like? It's you pushing the paper across the table for the players to sign. What's it been like? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I got a good model to follow. Um, been doing it similar to where we have in the past with Huff. Uh, we still stay in contact every week. It's just basically we're still trying to sol uh, solve some issues and some, some positions are up for grabs, but we want to try to respect and sign as many of our guys back as possible. The reason for that is I felt we had a good team. I felt like our guys were growing, we were young, good chemistry, so I want to try to keep that. But it's impossible to do that. So you kind of prioritize where you're at and throw contracts to guys. And then at some point, which is this week, uh, if it's not getting done, then you put your eyes on other guys. You start reaching out, uh, agents, players, 
and you kind of hopefully get a plan in case it doesn't work out. But we've been very fortunate. I'm very happy with who we've signed. Uh, I'm happy with the process. It's been, it's been fun. I mean, I haven't probably put in this many hours in January and February, but it's been fun. And uh, I think uh, our group is, is coming together. We have some pieces that we need to still sign, but uh, I like where we're at and we'll, we'll see what we get. What struck you, what has struck you about this process going through it for the first time? Uh, you know, like you, you kind of feel like you have a feeling on, on numbers and where guys fit and, you know, what the rest of the league might think. And then sometimes some big numbers come out there and you're like, whoa, that kind of throws off our negotiating position or where we're at with our team. Um, and another one surprised you on the other end, you know, I thought he'd get more. I thought, now, okay, maybe we can find a player in that range that helps our team. So uh, I never really wasn't privy to that sort of stuff before. Just kind of me and Huff would talk, have a priority list. And then, uh, you know, Huff, Brendan, Cole, and now Nick would solve that. Now I'm actually seeing the numbers, talking to the agents, you know, having a little feedback back and forth. Uh, I feel like that's, that's good for me. I think that helps me uh, kind of understand where everyone's coming from. A third question. Where are you, where are you at? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, we've tried and put, you know, contract offers in front of as many people as we feel uh, we can. The weird thing is, is you can't really throw contract offers to everyone because if they all sign them, you don't have the money. So you try to kind of you piece it together, and, and if one guy signs, and then it does affect somebody else's contract, uh, and you try to be as honest as you can with that. You know, we've had certainly have some contracts out for still our present players. We also told some of the guys, hey, we can't really give you what we think you deserve. Doesn't fit our structure. Go to free agency, see what's out there. If you get a great deal, go for it. If it's something you don't like or you don't want, uh, circle back with us and see if it can fit for our team. So it is, it's, it's awkward, especially with the vets. I've said this in the past, the guys that have given you so much and so much uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and then to say, hey, go look elsewhere, and if, if you don't like what you get, come back. That's just hard for me to really look at a guy in the eye and say that, even though that's the truth. And ultimately, I think they respect it, but it's still tough. Did you have you told or can you tell us which players you've told at that free agency? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I don't really want to get into it because I feel like that should that could affect how it goes for the negotiating. But I do know that the guys are all of our players are aware where they stand, and so I feel good about that. I mean, I don't know how many times I actually hit free agency as a player, but I always felt like you know if you, as long as you know where you're standing, you can make an informed decision. Uh, you know, that's that's the way I think it should be. So. It doesn't mean that we don't know how it's going to go. In fact, we have Brendan Mahoney and I were talking yesterday. We have five or six scenarios that we, you know, if this guy goes to here, then we're going there. And we've talked to this guy. If he takes it, these three are out. And it is kind of weird because they're in control. It doesn't feel like you're kind of behind the wheel right now. Once you hit to the open market and free agency, it's kind of a free-for-all. And exciting, yes, but ultimately a little bit of less sleep. Dave, I imagine fans want to know what Jameer's status yeah. is long-time player over here. Can yep. you shed light on that? Um, yeah, I mean, his agent and I have talked, because Rob Fry has a lot of guys, and uh, I do believe that uh, we're still working. We'll see. Um, Therm's a pro, great player, helped us through the years. Um, you know, I do think ultimately uh, a guy that's uh, one of the better ones in our league and great man. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, good mission. Like Dave, you signed Cam Judge. How important was that? Yeah, I like to talk about guys we signed more yeah. anyway. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I think Cam was vital. I think Cam uh, showed his skill, uh, what type of guy he was. 
I didn't know Cam coming into the season, and I wasn't sure where we were at with it. Passionate guy, obviously got in a little bit, of, maybe went across the line at one game, but our players really responded and, and believe that Cam is a guy that needs to be a stampeder. And, you know, he did want to peek at the NFL and see if there was a work out there, and, and uh, I think that was good that we gave him time. But he was a vital piece, a, a guy I think when we traded for him, we hoped he would have the production he did. And uh, does obviously, you know, how much can, you know, per – Position is one of those things you struggle at as a, as a as a GM. How much money are you putting in your linebackers? How much money are you putting in your receivers? And Cam ultimately um, is up there with the top linebackers. And then you put his passport uh, together with it. We knew that that contract was something we had to get done. So that was a priority for us, and we got it done early, and uh, certainly helped. Mitch, long-serving veterans, uh, Kamar Jordan's one of those. Can you tell us where it stands with him? Had a good talk with KJ. Uh, a lot of similarities to Thurm there. You know, KJ was was out of town for a bit, and then he came back. So it was nice to just be able to get uh, in touch with him and, and talk face to face. Same thing. We have a plan, but I also understand uh, there's other options out there. Um, he's got a young family, so <laughs> these are what makes it so difficult. But uh, was happy we were able to kind of come to a, at least a plan and, and look each other in the eye and talk it out. And ultimately, we'll see where it goes here in the next week. Can you give us a sense of? what the market is actually like yeah. this year? I mean, sure. when your contracts more or less just as prevalent or they're more long-term, what are you seeing out there? Um, not as probably a history buff as I need to be on these, these things. Um, you know, I do think there have been some three-year deals and a little bit of guaranteed money out there from certain players. Uh, signing bonuses, I think, are up there. I think they're pretty high. Um, what that does is it forces you to, if you're wrong or if you have injuries, you're not saving that money off your cap because it's gone. And once again, the quarterback market's high. Um, you know, we're happy to get Jake. We still got him in the building uh, at least for a few more. That helps. Um, but I think that the market is probably a little higher than I thought. The, for us as a team, when the minimum salaries went up, we just didn't have a lot of money uh, necessarily for the remaining guys. Uh, Everybody from the bottom came up, and we still want to pay those top guys. So unfortunately, those middle guys, I think, are the ones that are going to feel the squeeze. So that's the, what I'm seeing. I'm seeing defensive linemen making a lot of money. I'm interested to see where the receiver market's at. You know, we signed a couple good ones. I feel like we have good depth, but I'm still interested there. Uh, the linebacker market is interesting. There's a lot of players out there. Ultimately, we got Cam signed, but I'm very interested to see uh, where those numbers fit. Um, DB market, I think, is a bit depressed, uh, a little, maybe a little lower than in, I've seen in the past, but uh, that's because the supply is out there. Quite a few DBs are there. So it's, it's, it certainly is, a, you know, you think you got a handle on it, and then ultimately some, a contract comes out and you're like, kind of sets things off in a different direction. You got to be able to be flexible and move. How, long, how difficult is it, to, how much of a challenge is it to build um, roster stability long term? Well, I mean, I think it's hard. I mean, uh, I think it's important for the league, though. I think if we can find a way to keep our guys on the same team, not only is it going to help you as an organization, I think it can help the fan base. I think it can help uh, continuity, the standard, you know, all those things that I like. Uh, but, you know, you know, is it worth leaving the Calgary Stampeders for 10, 10K? I don't know. I don't think so. But I don't have to give up 10K. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I feel like we've got a good thing going. I love Alberta and, and uh, where we're at in the market. Uh, I love our city, uh, trying to sell all that thing. But also this organization, I think we're a team that's 
got good young pieces, so we try to make sure the guys are appreciated, but we feel like we can go make a and make a good run at this thing. So those are all selling points for the guys to keep them here more than one year. Ultimately, they want opportunity and they want to be paid. And uh, I get that. So we, we, we just try to do our best and hopefully uh, pieces it together. With Bo Levi Mitchell gone, is there a priority to get an experienced quarterback into this uh, stable? Well, we've always tried to have a guy in the backup role that we feel we can win games with. Um, but we've, we went into the year... Obviously, when Jake became the backup, he had never been around. It was a pretty good find. Uh, I'm gonna look. Uh, there's, there's, there's definitely guys out there that I, that I've talked to already. I'm gonna look, but uh, I do want to develop Tommy, and uh, we've signed Chase Litton, uh, another guy that's got uh, a lot of skill. Never played in the CFL, so you know the, the quickest way for you to have a tough year is to not have good quarterback play. So <laughs> I want good quarterback play. Dave, you've kind of always been quiet on opening day. It's sort of been the franchise's model. You'll get into the splashy signings. You think you'll be relatively quiet on opening day? Uh, I'm well, talking about getting other players, maybe your yeah. other players. I find if you've had a tough year, you should be louder on opening day. I think if you've had a good solid year, a year that you like your team, if you do your job well, you should try to get those guys back and, and get as many as you can. So I do feel like if you're on the bottom end, uh, you should be louder and you should make more splashes. You have to. I mean, there's a reason why you probably didn't win enough games. Uh, you know, we were 12-6 last year, but we didn't, didn't go to where we wanted to in the playoffs. So I'm always happy to get new blood. I am. I, I like new players. I like to see how other people do things, uh, other standards. How, how did it work somewhere else? Um, but I, I still think our team was... Uh, uh, team that I enjoyed working with that could beat anybody in this league so as far as how loud we are on opening day it's going to it's going to be how are these other guys that we've offered contracts to are they going to accept those and if they don't accept them then we've got to go find some players. Dave I'm interested to know if, um, Sorry, if um, do you think that the locker room or on-field dynamic change with you now having both role, both roles I mean both roles. in addition to X and O's essentially if you're out on the field and you're talking if I can put it this way the money's talking too. oh yeah to the players you know what I mean I uh, does it give you um, any more authority or hmm. power or you know pick your brain? I don't know that's a that's one of those that I've I've wrestled with because I have seen it done with Huff and with Wally Buono and I feel like I I do know the kind of the things that kind of caused issues, you know, all the way back to the 90s. Um, you know, GM's telling you one thing and then the head coach is telling you another thing. And it's the same man. <laughs> so that's a challenge. Um, I'm just going to be me. I'm, I, actually, I actually reached out to Wally and his, his advice was just do it your way, be you. And uh, I do appreciate that. And I'm going to, you know, take advice from other people, but I got to just be me. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of sometimes a little bit too honest. Uh, I feel I'm not going to play games with guys, so as long as they respect that, we can look at each other and, and try to win football games. I really don't think there's going to be a big problem. What did the signing of James Wallers do to your offseason plans? How did it change it? Well, so that one, uh, you know, we did, I've uh, been in contact with, with James for a while. Um, you know, he didn't play last year, but he's played three good, good NFL seasons, uh, 27 games active, uh, a, a good player. Um, you know, we left here in 2018, it was, it was kind of weird because we, we actually, him and Flo were kind of battling for that remaining spot. And, and once again, we come into free agency and, and we've got Flo and Lem in there, but Vodders is battling. And I wanted to get a, a kind of a bird in hand. I wanted to get a guy here um, that I felt could make a big, big impact. And 
I think we should, you know, James is going to be highly, highly motivated and a guy that I think we're going to enjoy seeing back in the red and white. He's physical. He's an athlete. He's a football guy, a leader. Um, you know, I wasn't going to wait and see what that market was because I felt like if I can get a good player at a price that I can afford, uh, let's do it. And so I'm very, very happy to bring James back. Uh, it's been a while, but he's still young. Uh, I think he's a guy that I think will make his mark. Uh, I think he'll be right up there with the top ends in our league. And looking forward to getting back in Calgary, getting about the city and making people sure that they know who he is and uh, and let him go uh, perform on the field. Is Cody Curry going to be back? Well, he didn't get signed on his NFL workout. I, I would expect Cody back. You know, the global player gets a little bit of a bump and about time, um, about time. You know, and, but ultimately, yeah, Cody's up in his third year and we just love having him here and he's been a good part of our community too he does work with uh, some of the athletes and uh, the trainer in the off season so he you know he ultimately yeah would love to get that look in the nfl uh, from what i understand it he did a good job in his workout it didn't get signed uh so we'd love to have him back and and work for that third year so um, i'd like to have him here for the long term he's a guy like i really enjoy having him on our team and uh you know ultimately uh, it's all about compensation and and, and and getting the right uh, the right deal. Dave, longtime Stampeder Richie Sandani's uh, pending free agent also had the suspension handed down from the CFL. Can you just maybe give us an update on the situation with Richie? Coming with the hardball questions, man. I gotta go last. <laughs> um, listen, I mean that was disappointing, and I've I've covered it with Rich. Um, people can make mistakes, so you know he has to answer for those things. So I'm going to answer for our team and. And ultimately, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those that you certainly, you know, I, I don't put one decision meaning that I'm gonna move put all my eggs in one basket on one decision, but uh, it is one of those things I, I've looked at and we've talked with Rich and he's gonna test free agency and see where he ends up. For a long time, for a long time, the Stampeders were able to um, push the narrative that they could get less salary during the year because playoff success was something this team has been built on. Are you finding it more difficult? Or are you hearing from players and free agents that there's, there hasn't been a West Final in a while? Is that um, yeah, you're you're not wrong. Money, you're not wrong. It needs uh, it needs to change. Uh, plan on changing it. You know, you it's still. I mean, to be honest, most players when they sign with another team, they think they're going to be there too. Every team goes into a season thinking they're going to be there, and so do we. Uh, but I get it. I get it that sometimes, yeah, if you've been doing it over and over again, you can maybe sell it a little bit more. Um, I think. It's more about what they like about our team. Do we feel like we're a contender, and do we have depth, and do we have the people in the right positions? And and I think they do. I've heard from a lot of free agents actually. They they want to play for us. Uh, they might be telling me that when they're talking to me on the phone. But I've always want to play for you. What? Let's see if we can make it work. What's the number? I want to play for you, and uh, I want to play for this organization and, and your group of guys. I don't think that's changed. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say that we'd have more success in the playoffs and get a little extra money in their pocket, but. That certainly isn't a guarantee in life, so I don't put it out there. Like, we we plan on being there, yes, but we certainly can't guarantee that money. Dave, just following up on that answer, have you seen a lot of these players blow up your phone lately? Texts? Have you had even say teammates saying maybe you want to take a look at this guy who's now looking to uh, test free agency? Well, I've gone through my coaches more. I don't get my number out that easily. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Moses, but yeah, I, I do feel like. Uh, so here's the thing: I'll call guys if I have a relationship with them. I'm not going to cold call guys. I mean, they don't know me. Uh, we talk to the agents, but if another player, another coach, 
knows that player, then they're going to talk to that player and kind of give our spiel to them. I just don't think it sells. Uh, it's not as easy to sell what you're about or who you are if you've never really had a history with that player. Uh, but I've been around a while now, so I definitely feel like I've gotten to, to know some guys, and uh, it's been interesting. Most of the guys, you know, like you say, they're not probably going to come out and say, hey, uh, I'm not interested in playing for Stampeders. It's, yeah, I want to come. What can you offer me? And that's where it gets to the point where we're not there yet with some of them, but we're trying to at least say, hey, would you, would you be willing to talk? If, uh, if we get to that stage on February 14th, uh, are you willing to kind of fit this structure, this salary structure? What I want to sell is opportunity, you know, and I, I, I be, it's competition. Nobody really has that job locked in. There's a few guys, obviously, but still there's got to be opportunity. If there's opportunity, yeah, you'll make your plays and ultimately make your money. You touched on DBs earlier a little bit. What's that situation kind of unfolding? We're solid. I mean, we're very happy. Uh, Trey Roberson, I uh, feel confident he'll be back. Will I baby him a bit in training camp? Probably. Um, you know, he had his surgery on his knee. Um, he's pushing to try to come back last year. I've <laughs> had him out at my, uh, my passing camp. And the dude is, like, covering all these high school receivers and Ding them up and, like, talking trash. And, I mean, he was having more fun than anyone out there. And in my mind, I'm like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. But, uh, and then and signing Mox back, I think we honestly have really, really good, uh, you know, cornerstones for our team there. Uh, some, you know, age-wise, a little bit of injury history with, with Trey, but I think he's still one of the best. And then for me, with, with Mox, he's just an up-and-comer. I think he is growing into that role of a shutdown guy. Uh, we've got other pieces and contracts out, and we have other players here, but I know I have depth. I know I have depth. I mean, Titus Wall last year was on his way to maybe being the rookie of the year, and he got hurt. So he'll be back, and we've got multiple positions. Uh, so I feel comfortable. I have great Canadian DBs. You know, I've got uh, three or four guys that I feel can play and, and put the global in there. So that's a position of strength on our team. We still could add for sure. Because that's a, just like receivers, they get the hamstrings, they get the soft tissue injuries. You want guys there, and we've we've put contracts out there for a couple of our guys. Uh, we just got to see if they'll they're going to get accepted or not. Maybe this legal period, you can speak to players. Does it work? Is it the way you thought it would? Uh, maybe tendered offers. Just how's that the process going? Yeah. Um, so uh, different. Um, you know, I saw a report today that you know a player agreed to terms with another team and. I wasn't quite positive how that works, you know, how you could probably come to an agreement, uh, but unofficially I don't think that can get registered or anything like that unless a player is, is uh, I guess, released. Um, once again, it comes down to a communication and a trust that, you know, if you're telling me something and I'm telling you something and we've agreed upon that, uh, then that's probably a, a deal. Is it binding legally? Probably not, but I mean, <laughs> your word goes a long way in this business, and especially uh, agents' words need to go a long way as well. So uh, we're talking. We've got, we've got some ideas of what it's gonna take, and we have our, our, like I said, many, many options on a piece of paper. You know, it's almost like that flow chart. If this happens, it goes here and goes there, and this guy's gone, and we can't look at this guy. And, and it's, it seems like a lot of work for basically not necessarily any return at this stage. Um, but we have the scenarios in our head, and hopefully we can execute them. How about uh, Derek Dennis getting re-signed? He was yep. um, a big part of your group, and just your thoughts yeah. on having him back? Yeah, he let us know when we weren't talking enough. Uh, he <laughs> definitely uh, he, he put that out there. Um, 
I'm very happy to get Derek signed. In fact, I think that was a piece we had to get done. Uh, we're we're still, you know, you just don't find those type of people and quality people. And uh, the big man is a tough guy to to get a hold of this year in in football because of the NFL's having more trouble finding their guys. There's two other leagues in the states trying to find guys, and we're trying to find guys. And uh, I, I saw, I haven't talked to him, and I saw his quote about, hey, let's make this my best and last season. Uh, I haven't heard that out of his mouth. Uh, I'm just looking forward to him coming back healthy, uh, moving around on that leg, and playing the way he did last year, and then uh, solve the, the future years down the road. But he does have a family. He's a, he's a, he's a great father. He, uh, he takes pride in that. I think he's a guy that when he's motivated and has a little chip on his shoulder, that puts his game to that next level, and I hope he's there, and I, I feel he will be. Speaking of big guys, how much do you want to see Sean Lemon go for 100 sacks this year? <laughs> well, I think he'll get it. I mean, uh, he product, productivity for Sean is there every year. Um, he's a guy, like you said, he actually really played for a cheap deal last year, and, and uh, he's, he understands he, he deserves a raise, and now we've got to see where we're at. Um, but. I really got to commend Sean for his work ethic and leadership and, and lots of things. It is, once again, another one of those veteran guys makes it difficult. Um, but uh, haven't really circled back uh, since he hit free agency. I don't know what he's getting offered. Uh, but he should be a guy that ultimately, I think, uh, gets a raise and then he deserves it. Have any of your uh, vets within here that are going into that window circled back to you to say, you know, there's there's something that can be done here because they've seen what their value is outside. Haven't haven't quite got there because I felt like it's uh if we hit if we hit the date where they are now open to go to free agency, I think it's fair to let them explore a bit, and uh, you know, not always be kind of hounding them or harassing them. Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, we've we've we put our offers on the table. Uh, at some point, though, and I think this is what's important for guys is. You can have five offers on the table, and maybe we can honor two, uh, because the money is is certainly there right now. But as soon as guys decide to take it, it's not there, and everyone's aware of that. So we're not trying to hide it on people. If we don't get any of the five, any of the six, that's where you start really shopping hard. Uh, if you lose your high-priced guy, you got extra money to sign. You know, maybe guys that aren't day one free agents, but day two, day three free agents. So it's certainly out there, but. Um, as far as uh, our guys circling back there, I have a call uh, right after this on a few of the guys, and uh, ultimately I hope to get some, some, some good news. Do you find that you're learning new skills like Microsoft Excel or like dusting off the high school? Technology and me, with, yeah, with no. Your new role, or? Um, no, I mean, I've been, pretty, I've been real happy with how it works, uh, and I like, I like what I've got on the other side. I mean, Brandon Mahoney, I think he needs to uh, get a little bit of pub because he's doing an outstanding job. Uh, he really does do a lot of good things, and and Cole Huffnagel to me has always been one of the best finding uh, talent. You know, to be honest, a lot of other teams seem to have a lot of ex Dan Peters. A lot of that's because Cole has, has got those guys here, and they've had success, which then they get paid. Uh, I think ultimately uh, my job is is kind of been uh, facilitate those guys, and ultimately, as I see my man Jay McNeil in the back, is how to incorporate. The, the business model a little bit into the our players. How can we make sure the players we sign are going to get uh, maximized in the community? And I want us to kind of become more recognizable. I want our players to 
just get back to that day where it's a big deal when they're at an event. Uh, and COVID hurt us, so I'm really excited that this season we're gonna we're gonna make our mark in the community. We're gonna our players, I think, are gonna uh, put the time in, and we've got programs in place. And I do think Stampeders, let's let's get them off the back page, let's put them up to the front page, and and let's get back to what I believe is 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 part of the what makes our city so great, and that's Calgary Stampeders. Coach, was it cold at um, Keelan Thomas? It's not always you see guys signed out of junior. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a little bit of a uh, Cordero Law. So Law, one of our ex-players, had been working with them. We knew about him, and so Brent Monson, our D coordinator, reached out. A little scoop on that, you know, VC had was looking hard at him too, and uh, we were able to get him. Now he's young and he's raw and. Let's see what he can do, but you know, just to get a guy out of junior, or, you know, a frame like that, and has that athleticism, especially you know, kind of get him out of BC's backyard. Uh, I think that was that was a good deal for us. We're still working with our program here, the Colts. Uh, Greg DeLavalle is, is now going to be the head coach. Uh, we're trying to get that relationship working as well. But you can find some guys in junior, and I, I'm happy that uh, we we see. I've never seen him actually in person. I'm excited to see what that film looks like and see what the man looks like and see if we can work with him. Do you have any updates on the coaching staff that you can share? Well, Baton, my staff's all said. I, I, I plan on maybe hiring one extra, like uh, an in-season coach, but I'm comfortable with where we're at. Nick and, uh, and JR on the offensive side, my two new guys, uh, I've been really happy. I uh, spoke with Nick yesterday. Uh, I just think his energy and all that's going to be something that we need, and he's not a bad recruiter for players. He, he does a pretty good job on that. Uh, and, and I've noticed, you know, they're doing some, some coaching meetings earlier on in that. Simp for me, like for on the defensive side, I think uh, ultimately uh, comes up in March. Looking forward to seeing him. And uh, that whole dynamic for our staff is still good. We had new energy, new blood, but still hopefully a good continuity and, and doing a good job. All right. Thanks, guys. There you go. A whole lot of head coach and general manager Dave Dickinson of the Calgary Stampeders earlier today at McMahon Stadium with updates on pretty much everything you want to know around the Calgary Stampeders as free agency for the CFL. Officially set to open on the 14th, but uh, the courting period or the negotiation period with pending free agents is open. We've seen uh, reports from Three Down Nation and others about the Rough Riders potentially coming to terms with Jake Wenicky and Trevor Harris. But, of course, uh, as you heard Dave talking about in that clip, these are handshake agreements at this point. Things can always change, and until they're officially registered on the 14th, they are just agreements between two sides that aren't uh, bound by anything. So lots of great stuff there. Uh, if you want to, head to uh, Matt Rose YYC on Twitter, our Stampeders Insider. And, of course, the host of the uh, Stamps Reports here on Sportsnet 960. He's got a great thread on everything that you heard in that Dave Dickinson presser in case you missed some of it or you only caught part of it in and out of the car because uh, there was a lot there. I wanted to play it in its entirety because Dave touched on a lot of important things from players that they're trying to re-sign, some updates on some key guys, his philosophy on things heading into year one and his first free agency as a general manager. So lots to get to there with the Stampeders head coach. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll dive back into the Flames and the Rangers from last night, a potential game of the year candidate. But how can the Flames use that to their success, uh, to their benefit, I should say, heading into Thursday's matchup in Detroit? We'll talk about that when Sportsnet Today returns here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Sportsnet Today rolling on. Final segment of the program. Before we hand things off to the wonderful and talented Haley Salvian for Hockey Central 960. Still to come this afternoon, you got Pat Steinberg for Flamestock. Another two days off now for the Calgary Flames before they are back in action Thursday in Detroit. Another team that they'll see later on this month at home. But a Thursday night showdown against Detroit. 5 o'clock, puck drop, 4 o'clock, Flames warm up. All here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Diving back in to last night's game, Rangers 5-4 winners in overtime against the Calgary Flames. Another... Oteen loss for the team, but a game-of-the-year candidate. Lots of comebacks by the Calgary Flames last night. They trailed multiple times, eventually got the lead on a Michael Stone slap shot, which we haven't seen in a long time in the third period. They're not able to hold on to that lead, and eventually Alexei Lafreniere wins it with his seventh of the year. In overtime. Just a couple thoughts on last night. Uh, Fan feedback line always open to you. 960-960. If you want to dive into the conversation. We'll read some of your texts as the segment goes on. Because I know there's been a lot. uh, On last night. A lot of good. A lot of bad. A lot of mixed reaction. From fans. First things first. I mean. From an entertainment standpoint. Cam, I'm not sure what else you could have asked for last night. I mean, what a game. Come on. There were fights. There were scraps. For regular season hockey? Yeah. At Madison Square Garden of all places. It was just a, it was just an awesome hockey game. It was just nice to watch 60 minutes of really entertaining hockey, regardless of who you cheered for. Uh, we'll start with the, the Jacob Truba of it all. First things first on this. I didn't have any problem with either of Truba's hits. I, I think they were both clean. Um, that's a guy that's known for that. I kind of get sick of this narrative, and I don't know where other people stand on it. I don't. I don't think every time your guy gets blown up with a clean hit, that you absolutely have to drop the gloves and go after the guy. That's just me, but I also understand it's a split second reaction. And especially on the Kadri hit where his helmet goes flying. If you're a teammate and you only catch half a second of it, you see your teammate's bucket go off into row three, you're probably thinking something serious happened. So I'm not blaming. I just, it seems to be that's a pretty common thing that after clean hits, somebody's got to drop the gloves. And it's, it's just not something I'm always for, especially last. I mean, if you missed it, we had Peter Labardius on to join the program as he always does early on. And we were talking about Chris Tanev getting in Jacob Truba's face after the first hit on Dylan Dubé. I don't think Tanev was going over there to fight him. Was I, th- or do I think he was going over there to, you know, convey some sort of displeasure with the hit? Sure. But I don't think Tanev's initial reaction was to, to fight Truba especially given the fact that Tanev's just coming off an upper body injury himself. 
but it kind of set a tone for the team and it kind of set a good tone for the entire evening. And I, I'm personally of the opinion the Flames need more of that. We've seen a bit more of that nastiness come out in their game the last couple of weeks, and it doesn't always have to be fighting. But I think one way to galvanize, bring your group together, create some of that chemistry, I think standing up for your teammates in different situations can be a pretty good way of doing that. And does it have to be does it have to be what Matthew Kachuk was known for in his time in Calgary? No. It it doesn't have to be nearly that often. But remember when we brought Nazem Kadri in and I think a lot of people were looking at him and going, "Yeah, this is a guy that's got some fieriness to him. This is a guy that's got a little bit of spark, a little bit of edge to his game." We haven't seen a lot of that. The Tampa Bay game before the Chris, uh, before the All-Star break was a really good example of that. Cam, we talked about that one earlier yeah. Um, because our boy Mackenzie Weger was in it against Tampa Bay too. I, just, I think this group responds in a different way when they get some of that fire in their belly. The physicality absolutely, I feel like, just lights the fire underneath these guys. It does. And I'm excited that maybe more of this comes out in this late second half of the season. Weaker can fight, by the way. If you you weren't aware, guy had the left going last night. Oh, it was a rookie. Well, Cooley's a rookie in his third NHL game, but big guy. Weaker was upset, gave it to him. I liked it. I, I would like to see more of that from guys up and down the lineup. Uh, the Sammy Blay hit is a bit different for me off of that Uyghur one. After uh, Initially, doesn't look like a good hit. I still don't love it because, to me, it comes a little bit late. That's, that's the biggest problem for me is when Blay hits Lucic, the puck has left his stick already, and he's kind of an unsuspecting target at that point. Did I think he made head contact after seeing the reviews? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he should have been penalized for a headshot or ejected from the game. Did I think it still counted as interference? Yeah, I I still think it was. So I don't have a problem with the team responding in that nature. And like we've started talking about here for the last couple of minutes, it's kind of brought out, I think, a more competitive side of this team by bringing that physical edge. And one guy we'll hear from now, is a guy who was involved in it. We just talked about it. Uh, Mackenzie Weger post game last night. Most of this conversation that he has with the media is on the team stepping up, is on the team fighting for one another, and how important he thinks that is. Uh, here's a bit of Mackenzie Weger post game following the Flames and the Rangers. No easing back in after the break. That was, uh, yeah. you know, some kind of a tilt. Left. I mean, just maybe take what you took away from it. Yeah, I thought. Uh... You know, we showed a lot of good character out there. Um, you know, we, we showed that, you know, we love each other, we care for each other, and uh, a lot of guys stepping in and stepping up, and, um, you know, that was probably the positive of tonight, but um, we would have liked to have, you know, maybe got the two points, you know, when we had them at 4-3. Yeah, what does that say about, about a group and where they're at right now as you get into the stretch drive here? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it means we're all in. You know, we're, we're all together here. Um, you know, we want it. 
Um, we're still going to keep pushing here. Uh, it's a big point to start a road trip off a, you know, off a break coming into a tough building. So, um, you know, we're going to keep grinding away here. And uh, it means a lot, you know, showing everybody that, uh, you know, we care for each other and we're going to step in. Darryl talks a lot about jump in about the idea of, of there's no silver linings. I get that. But it seems like after the game like this, there's an upbeat feeling. You talked about loving each other, caring for each other, and being there for each other. Is that the, maybe the biggest takeaway? You get a point, but you get maybe something just as valuable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think we've had a game like that this year. Um, so I think, you know, that just shows how, you know, to everybody and to us, and the, most importantly to us in the dressing room, that, you know, um, you know, I'm not going to back down from anybody, and we're going to stand up uh, when, when times are needed. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep this momentum, um, you know, that, you know, just like before the break and after, and uh, keep this road trip going and coming, going into another tough building. Detroit's been playing good, so um, keep this thing going. That was a blast to watch. Was it a, a fun one to play in? Yeah, you know what? Those are the games you remember at MSG, you know. Um, there's lots of physicality, lots of fights, goals. Um, but ultimately, the, the two points are what matters most, and um, that's what we wanted. So as much of a you know, fun game it was and how much you know, character we showed, I think um, the two points would have been a lot better. You had to like the way they get played too, though. I mean, obviously the game was pat, you know, there was some pace to it. So, yeah. Uh, just the overall, though, the way it felt. Yeah, I mean, in the third period, we had to battle back, uh, and we did just that. Um, in the third period, we, we, we brought it to overtime and gave ourselves a good chance at, at the two points. We just, you know, need to bear down a little bit more in overtime. Um, you know, as much as Marky, um, you know, shows frustration, he's been, a, he's on, honestly been awesome back there for us. And, um, you know, we're going to, you know, keep riding with him uh, and keep playing our hearts out for him because, you know, we know we need to be better in front of him. That is Flames defenseman Mackenzie Weger. Um, obviously without Chris Tana for a portion of the night last night because of a couple different factors, but, uh, Uyghur finishes the night, uh, no points, the five penalty minutes for fighting four hits, two blocks, one giveaway in 1740 of ice time for the flames. Number 52, uh, some text at nine, six, zero, nine, six, zero, uh, as we're going, uh, just through some of the storylines from last night between the flames and the Rangers talked a bit about the Truba. Uh, hits, which again, I'll go back to, didn't have a problem with, um, didn't think the blade hit was, uh, semi blaze hit was a, a headshot to Lucic a little late for my liking, but uh, at the end of the day, I thought it brought out a good spark in the flames. Uh, some text here on the text line, which is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. This one says, uh, the problem I had last night, Lucic is our tough guy and yet he was nowhere to be found. Why is this guy in the lineup? Gets promoted in the lineup actually last night when he doesn't do his job. If it's his job to score goals, then we are in trouble. I don't know that he got promoted last night as much as things, you know, uh, the penalty situation was a bit difficult and when Dubé, uh, you know, gets a, a misconduct in the second, you're, you know, without him for a while and you're forced to to throw some guys in. So I don't think he actually got I'm not to, not to destroy, I don't think he got a, a promotion last night. But yeah, a lot of people are talking about whether or not Milan Lucic had enough role in in what went on last night. Uh this text says uh if that uh hit by Truba is on McDavid uh like it was on Kadri, he's suspended legal or not. I'm I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I'm sure there's there's always something to be said about sometimes who's on the end of those hits. Uh, this text says, what about Kadri leaving his feet on a hit against, in the first period against Truba? Just want to hear your take on that. Yeah, that was a 
That was one that probably could have been penalized. It was a pretty big hit by Kadri behind the net. And I think it it kind of, you know, pissed off Truba throughout the evening, to be honest. I think that kind of led to him keeping his eyes out on guys on the train tracks. The refs didn't call it, but the refs uh, were mixed bag for me last night uh, in some of the things that they called and didn't call. So, yeah, I thought the Kadri one easily could have been penalized on Truba. And to be honest might have led to Jacob having a little bit of a spur in his uh, boots last night because he was a pretty fired-up guy. He had some pretty big one, uh, big one there, too. Uh, this one says, I also think Truba made great open ice hits uh, that are really missing today's NHL. It was the best game I've seen this year, bar none. I'm an old guy, so I really love that brand of hockey. Only concern I have is their three-on-three. Just seems disorganized to the point uh, it appears it's not practiced a lot. I, I can't speak to how often it's practiced for this group. It's definitely probably one of those things that's, I would say, down the list of priorities when you do get practice time. It happens. It's one of those things where, okay, you think you got to work on five on five. We got to get line rushes in. Want to work on some defensive zone stuff, power play. How much do you practice three on three during the year? And you don't have some of those dynamic offensive creators that you've had in previous years that's not a that's not a shot at this team that's just the truth um it's been a little bit more stable of of recent of recent knowledge to me like i think starting off with the all swedes has kind of been daryl's go-to the last couple three on threes but remember the last few it's been backland lindholm and rasmus out there but to that texter's point, the first 30 seconds of overtime go, they've got possession, they don't make anything happen, and eventually lose possession on the half wall, and the Rangers go down the ice and get a couple of good opportunities. You need to find something in here that, you know, creates some offense three on three. They just they haven't had it all year long. That's nothing new. Uh, this thing says, I think you were looking for burn and saddle, not spurn is, but yeah, spur saddle, same thing, not the same thing, but you know what I mean? Um, this text says Lucic was nowhere to fe- be found after he got rocked. I, I mean, he had something to say for, to Sammy Blay. Uh, the door off is the one that steps up and, and actually grabs him and creates that whole ruckus. But yeah, I, I think. A lot of people, not only in the text line, but on Twitter and different places right now, are looking for a game like last night out of the Calgary Flames and wondering, isn't that where 17 would shine out a little bit more? Isn't that a game that would be better for his style of play? And I think a lot of people were left disappointed by the fact that he didn't have more of an impact last night, even though he was pretty directly involved in one of them. But we'll see if that changes, and we'll see how much. Regardless of all of all of that, I think for the most part, you got to be pretty happy if you're a Flames fan. It was a good game. It was a back and forth game. Coming out of the break, I didn't think they showed a lot of rust. And if it does turn out to be that galvanizing moment that this team has talked about, that Uyghur talked about, that maybe even Sutter talked about, then. You're going to look back at last night and say, okay, not only was it one point, but it was a a solidifying moment for the group that led them to better things. There's no guarantee of that. They've been very inconsistent this year, and they've got two days off here before they head back into Detroit. 
but if this was ever the time for them to back up some of the words that they've said post-game, now would be the time. 31 games left. It continues Thursday night in Detroit. That's going to do it for us. we got to get out of here. Hockey Central 960 is coming up with Haley Salvian. She's the best. You don't want to miss it. David Amber, the Pat Chat, all of that and more is coming up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Shout out to our guests, Peter Labardius and Bick Nazar in hour one. Thank you to our outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor. We will be back tomorrow on a Wednesday right here. You're home of the Calgary Flames. This is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.